Hello, my name is William Quayle, and welcome to Builders of Hope, a show about young Catholic professionals who are living out their faith in all aspects of their lives, their family lives, their social lives, and their careers. Growing in the spiritual life is not just for priests and nuns. It's for all of us, as you will see through the lives of our guests, who are striving to live out their faith and build a better world. These young professionals are engaged in a variety of professions, representing many different industries. These professionals include teachers, doctors, lawyers, engineers, salespeople, computer programmers, corporate managers, executives, and entertainers. They are also from different walks of life. They are men and women of different nationalities. They are various ages between the ages of 20 and 40. They are from different parts of the country and of different backgrounds with different experiences. I met with 12 of these young professionals who gathered from all over the country in South Beach, Florida to discuss several issues with respect to being young professionals in the world today. I spoke to them about their family lives and their backgrounds, their careers and their social lives. We discussed many issues faced by young professionals. What careers we will have? Who will we marry? Where will we live? And most importantly, how will we live? How will we use our professions and what role will God play? In addition to illustrating how our guests have built a foundation and live out their faith, we will address many of the questions those of us engaged in the world and workforce may have. Questions like, can I achieve in my work and still maintain a spiritual life? How do I devote time to my children and raise them when I'm so busy? How do I balance my work with my family, friends, activities, studies, and my spiritual life? How do I fight the temptations and challenges of being a young professional? What you will see from these young professionals is that they are engaged in life's day-to-day -day activities just like anyone else. You will see that the lives of these young professionals are different and that they take a different path from others. You will find that their day-to-day -day lives are not separate and apart from their spiritual lives, rather both are integrated and balanced into one life. The church teaches us that the spiritual life is not just for priests, nuns, or for elderly people. God has called all of us to grow in the spiritual life. Growing in the spiritual life will not hinder our abilities to grow and the other aspects of our lives. On the contrary, a life with God will only enliven our lives throughout. The title, Builders of Hope, comes from the message that the Pope has always communicated throughout his papacy. That message is that we live in a society that has many elements of a culture of death surrounding us. And we are called, particularly as young professionals, to take every opportunity to take a different path, to build a new culture of life. The Pope focused on this theme in his book, Crossing the Threshold of Hope, Taking the world from the culture of death across the threshold of hope to the culture of life is what we are called to do as God's builders of hope. We have a unique role in this calling because as young professionals, we are the future leaders of our world and we will have the ability to do a lot of good, to do a lot of harm or have no impact at all. We have the ability to be these builders of a new culture that the Pope talks about. Our guests are examples of those trying to lead such lives. Let's take a moment to preview who our guests will be and what you can expect to see from them. Originally from Tennessee, Wendell White is a 26-year-old professional working in the telecommunications field, as well as a part-time personal trainer. In addition to his professional life and part-time personal training career, Wendell is involved in numerous activities and socializes doing different things with his family and friends. In talking to Wendell about how he incorporates his faith into his day-to-day -day life, Wendell will talk to us about his career, his background, and his interests. From the perspective of a personal trainer, Wendell will talk to us about the proper balance 
between the physical life and the spiritual life, which is a difficult balance for most people to maintain. Wendell will speak to us about how important it is for him in his life to frequent the sacraments. We will also talk to Wendell about how to balance the social aspects of one's life and how to prioritize the more important things. Some of the issues we will discuss with Wendell include our current culture and its message, whether the church's teaching are applicable in today's world, and how to handle certain temptations a single person may encounter. Dr. Carlos Moas is a respiratory doctor at Mercy Hospital in Miami, Florida. He will speak to us about his career and how he integrates his faith with his professional life. He will also speak to us about the medical profession with respect to the treatment of patients. In today's medical environment, unfortunately, many physicians view their professions more like a business, and Dr. Moas will provide us with his views on that subject. Later in the show, his wife Lucy will join us, and they will both speak to us about how they prioritize and balance work, their family of five children, their social lives, and their spiritual lives. They will also speak to us about marriage and the church's teaching on artificial birth control and much more. You will see an example of a successful doctor who focuses the purpose of his profession to serve others, allowing God to work through him every day, and you will see the example of a vibrant couple with a strong family life centered and flowing from their faith. Carlos Brito is a 22-year-old student working part-time and will talk to us about how he incorporates his faith into his day-to-day -day life. We will also talk to Carlos, who is in the process of determining his career path like many young students about his career aspirations, his work experience, his background, and his interests such as weightlifting. Carlos will share with us the importance that spiritual retreats play in his life. In his attempts to live a well-balanced life that is built on his faith, Carlos will also share with us the additional challenges he faces from being in a wheelchair. In today's culture, we are seeing biomedical stem cell research being done on aborted babies in order for handicapped persons to walk again. Carlos will speak to us about his view on the subject. He is a true example of someone courageously living out their faith. You will meet Mary Louise Curry. Mary Louise is 24 years old and former Miss Wisconsin and top 10 finalist for the Miss America pageant, as well as a talent winner for the Miss America pageant. Mary Louise is a professional opera singer, having completed her masters in support of her career in opera. Mary Louise also travels the country, giving talks to young adults about subjects such as abstinence, which was her platform for her pageant competitions. She will speak to us about abstinence and the effects it has on one's life, emphasizing that it's never too late to embrace it. Mary Louise will also speak to us about the media, the power of it, and the proper use of it. In addition, Mary Louise will discuss the responsibility that entertainers have, wanted or not, as role models to their audience, and will share how she intends to use her platform in opera to send a positive message to her audience. With everything she has going on in her life, Mary Louise will discuss how she maintains balance in her life by centering her life on God. Another one of our guests will be Ralph the Cardinus. Ralph is a 25-year-old engineer living in Orlando, Florida, who received his undergraduate and master's degrees in engineering from Georgia Tech. In addition to being intensely involved in his career, working for a large corporation, Ralph is engaged in a variety of sports and social activities. Ralph will speak to us about his career path and how he is planning on using his profession in his life. Along those lines, Ralph will share with us his experiences regarding his participation with a large group of engineers who got together to determine how best to help society as a group in a volunteer project, given all of their technical expertises. As a young, engaged man, Ralph will discuss how he is preparing with his fiancée for marriage and will also speak to us about society's view of what being a man is versus what the church's view of what being a man is. 
Given all the challenges and temptations a young professional encounters, Ralph will address how he deals with them and the importance of confession in one's life. In addition, Ralph will provide us with his formula for how he balances his life through maintaining a spiritual life with God. Nielsen Escology is a 32-year-old attorney from Springfield, Massachusetts, working for a general practice firm. In addition to being very busy with his professional career, Neil is very involved in several projects in his community. He holds several board positions and currently serves his community in a political capacity. In addition, Neil is involved in a variety of activities, finds time to socialize with his friends, and spends as much time as he can with his family. We will be talking to Neil about his experience as a public defender working with the disadvantaged sectors of society. I think you'll find Neil's perspective on working on behalf of accused criminals very interesting. Neil will discuss with us the important roles and responsibilities we all have with respect to the poor in society. We will also speak to Neil about the practice of law in general and how one's faith and legal practice can and should be consistent without limiting one's ability to be successful with either. As a corporate attorney myself, I found Neil's guidance in this area to be very valuable. Neil will provide us with guidance on how to strike a balance with a variety of activities while at the same time working to live out one's faith. Mary McFadden is a 24-year-old high school teacher in Northern Virginia. She received her undergraduate degree in Virginia and was a valedictorian in both her high school and college. Mary had the privilege of representing Washington, D.C. in the second largest festival in Europe, the Rose of Tralee. When she was very young, her family moved her and her five brothers to Ireland, where her parents believed was a place where they could raise their family in a better Catholic environment, before moving back to the States during her teenage years. Mary will share with us the difference in the two cultures and the impact that has had on her formation and who she is today. As a teacher, Mary views her role as more than just teaching the subject matter. She sees it as having an opportunity and a responsibility to form her students as persons. Mary will discuss why she decided to teach and why she chose the subject she teaches. Outside of teaching, Mary spends a lot of time with her friends, family, and fiancé. She's involved in her parish, mentors groups of inner-city kids, and participates in other activities. Mary will share with us the central role the sacraments play in her life, and specifically how frequent confession, mass, and the recitation of the rosary drive her spiritual life. Jeanette Stackhouse is a 27-year-old professional coming to us from Denver, Colorado, where she works with the Archdiocese. Jeanette received her undergraduate degree from James Madison University in International Business and earned her master's degree in theology from the John Paul II Institute. Jeanette will share with us her career aspirations and at the same time, her desires to learn her faith very well, as evidenced by her two degree choices. Jeanette will provide us with words of inspiration with respect to knowing, living, using, and spreading your faith. She will explain that we are responsible for learning it and following it, that there's a direct correlation between doing so and the level of happiness we will experience as a result. Jeanette will spend time discussing the difference between living mediocre lives and extraordinary lives, and that we are called to live the extraordinary life. She will explain that by pursuing the strongest of spiritual lives, it does not hinder one's married or professional life, but rather strengthens it. Originally from Texas, Dr. Cho Lam is a 31-year-old pediatrician. We will be speaking to Dr. Lam about her very important years in medical school where she first began to realize that her faith was to have a major impact on her professional life. Dr. Lam has been instrumental during her medical school years and thereafter in organizing international conferences regarding the practice of medicine consistent with the teachings of the church. We will speak to her about her efforts in that area. We will also speak to her 
about her challenging experiences during her residency in the inner city in Detroit. As a young pediatrician, Dr. Lamb has a unique opportunity to relate to her young teenage patients and speak with them about a variety of issues, such as premarital sex, contraceptives, abortion, and dating. She will share with us her decision to move to a different city in order to practice in an environment supportive of her faith, which she carries into her practice. She is a true example of how one's faith can have a strong impact in one's professional life. Brian Fimian is a 37-year-old corporate executive who comes to us from Northern Virginia. Brian was the co-founder of his company, which he helps run today, employing approximately 325 people with several Fortune 500 companies as its clients. Brian will speak to us about his company, how he started it and grew it. He will discuss the challenges he faces in running a company in today's corporate world. Brian will also speak to us about our capitalistic system and the roles and responsibilities companies have within the system. He will discuss his view on what he believes to be a misconception, that in order to be successful, you can't be ethical or moral. We will discuss with Brian certain issues centered around the relationship between employers and employees. Brian will also share with us, among other things, the important role that Daily Mass plays in his life in his attempts to balance out his life while integrating his faith throughout it. You will also meet Michael McFadden. Michael is a 22-year-old professional who received his undergraduate degree in engineering and is currently working in the capacity of an engineer. He is also in the process of continuing his education by pursuing a master's degree in electrical engineering. Michael's interests include things such as kayaking, mountain biking, family basketball, blues, jazz, and swing dancing. Michael offers us the perspective of a young recent college graduate in the beginning stages of his career. Michael will talk to us about his career aspirations, his views on family life, about our society, and his hopes and dreams for the future. Michael will also talk to us about what a young man should look for in a future wife, and he will share with us why he thinks those same standards should apply to dating as well. Michael provides us with guidance on how to form oneself and how to maintain a strong foundation from which to make life's most important decisions. These guests serve as good examples of those striving to achieve balance in their lives, growing in the spiritual life while engaged in the workforce and everyday life. They serve as examples of those working towards God rather than working away from God like much of the world does. They illustrate a different and better way than the unfulfilling and mediocre lives produced by following the message of our culture. In the world today, there is a vital need for examples of good young professional men and women who are solid in their Catholic faith and in their way of life. Individuals who use their professions, their achievements, and their entire lives for God. They see that God gives them their guidelines on how to live better and happier lives, not rules that make life difficult and unhappy. God is with them in all that they do because they invite God into all that they do. God is with them in their work, in their play, when they're with their families, when socializing with friends, when engaged in sports activities and other recreation activities, in high moments and low moments, in their decisions, and how they spend their money in overcoming obstacles and in reaching goals. I once heard an analogy from Bishop Fulton Sheen regarding our roles in life that illustrates it quite well. He explained that the greatest book ever written has been written in anticipation of being played out on a stage or shown as a movie. The book is the Bible. The movie is now and we are all in it. We are all actors and actresses with different roles. And God is the director of this movie as a designer and creator of it. He knows how to guide us to perform our best in our roles. Unless we cooperate with the director, we will not be able to perform our roles as intended. In this movie, we are called to bring the gospel to life in all parts of the world. 
and as a result, change the world, helping to build a new and better world as God intended it to be. Our guests are examples of those allowing God to work through them and direct them in living out their roles. So we invite you to come join us over the next 12 weeks and get to know our guests, these builders of hope. You will find them to be interesting, inspiring, insightful, vibrant, and they will share their wisdom, experiences, and guidance, providing us with examples for us to follow and imitate versus the examples much of society and the media provide us with. Throughout the series, you can email me or any of the guests at our website at buildersofhope.com. I pray that we may be inspired by the examples of these young professionals and ask that the Virgin guide and protect us all and be our role model as she was the first Christian layperson to lead in this mission we all have of living out our faith. As she leads the church, may she lead us to be strong and courageous in allowing God to work through us as his instruments, taking our world from a culture of death across the threshold of hope to a culture of life. We'd like to thank you for joining us on Builders of Hope. If you'd like to contact today's guest or myself, email us at our website at buildersofhope.com. We invite you to join us next week when our guest will be Wendell White. From the perspective of a personal trainer, Wendell will talk to us about the proper balance between the physical life and the spiritual life, which is a difficult balance for most people to maintain. Hello, I'm Father Benedict Rochelle of the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal from the South Bronx. The one I would like to talk to you about today was a man who was a friend of mine for the last 10 years of his life, a man I came to know very well, and I, in fact, am privileged to be the person in charge of his cause of the advocation, a process by which he may be declared a saint of the church. And this is Cardinal Terence Cook, the late Archbishop of New York. Cardinal Cook was Archbishop in very turbulent years, 1965 until 1983. And in those years, the United States and the Church went through very, very difficult times. But the Cardinal, who was a boy from Manhattan, maintained his equilibrium, with a good deal of humility, often actually being insulted in public, I've been there, being misused and abused, and yet always being a perfect gentleman, perfectly at peace, and not defending himself. The remarkable thing about Cardinal Cook is that he never wanted to be anything but a parish priest. And it was a surprise to everyone when he became Archbishop of New York. He came to be Archbishop because he was a very intelligent and diligent person. But it would have to be said by anyone who knew him well that he was an absolute stranger to ecclesiastical comings and goings and politics. Cardinal Cook was a gentleman to everyone. In fact, although his motto was, Thy will be done, his secondary motto was, thank you. We examined the writings and letters of Cardinal Cook the last ten years of his life, and you would you believe that in those years he wrote 16,000 thank you notes. 
That's in the files. 16,000. This is while he was Archbishop of New York, working 18 hours a day. It became known at the time of Cardinal Cook's death that he had had cancer for 19 years, that he had terminal metastasized cancer the last nine years of his life, and he actually didn't die of cancer. He died of a leukemia, which was accidentally caused by the amount of chemotherapy that he had received. At the time of his death, Cardinal Cook was a very modest, unassuming person, was revealed to be immensely popular. Because he wasn't a popular, showy figure. People didn't know much about him, but everybody knew him. And well over 200,000 people participated in his funeral. Many waited five hours in line to pass his body as it lay in state in St. Patrick's Cathedral. Cardinal O'Fee, Archbishop of Armagh, Ireland, mingled with the crowd and he kept asking people, why did you come here today? Why did you wait five hours to walk just past his casket? And they all said the same thing. They said, oh, I'm a friend of Cardinal Cook. I was his friend. The big city of New York, which can be a stainless steel monster if you're not careful, very cold-hearted, it stopped and went into mourning at the time of his death. The different newspapers of ethnic groups and religious groups carried beautiful tributes to Cardinal Cook. New York is a city of many nations, many races, many religions, and the papers were filled with tributes to someone who they all acknowledged as a friend. The Spanish newspaper on the front headlines had the words, Adios Amigo. The Amsterdam News, which is a very popular newspaper in Harlem, had a beautiful tribute to Cardinal Cook. The Jewish community went all out to express its sympathies for the death of the Cardinal, who had often preached in some of the great synagogues in New York. He was a friend of everyone. I had a great privilege of speaking to Cardinal Cook for about an hour on September the 6th, 1983. And during that time, he was already dying. His hands were dark purple with the gangrene that comes from leukemia. I was going in for heart surgery the next day. I went to bring him consolation, and he brought consolation to me. And we had a beautiful interchange, a prayerful one. He spent the last weeks of his life in profound prayer with the Blessed Sacrament brought into his room. And the next time I went to see him, it was in his casket. I was just well enough to go. And I got a taxi, something I very rarely do, and I was picked up by somebody, a, a group of, one of a group of people that doesn't exist anymore, New York City taxi cab drivers who were Jewish. He had a peaked hat, a gravelly voice, Mr. Gruber was his name. And he said to me, you're going to the Cardinal's funeral? And I said, yeah. So if I wasn't driving this lousy hack, I'd park it and go in with you. He says, I knew the Cardinal. I said, you did? Oh, yeah, my wife and me, we were his friends. You were? Our best friends are Italians, and whenever he came up to the Bronx,
they brought me and my wife to meet him. Didn't make no difference to him we was Jewish. Everybody was the same to the cardinal. And I got out and the streets were filled with tens of thousands of people. And I handed him his fare and he says to me, Mark my words, Father, the cardinal was a saint. You may be interested to know that many people, particularly in New York, ask Cardinal Cook to pray for them on the other side. They think he's a saint. They ask him to pray for them when they have great needs. I particularly noticed women who are anxious to have a baby and haven't had one. Families with difficulties. Sometimes people with extremely serious illness. Sometimes, in these cases, a cure that does not appear to have any medical explanation takes place. One was a cure of leukemia of a young girl. And her physician, who was a devout Orthodox Jew, said to me, I can't tell you about miracles, but I'll tell you this. The hand of God was there. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about Cardinal Cook, I did write his biography along with a Lutheran pastor, Pastor Weber. Biography is called Thy Will Be Done. That's the motto of Cardinal Cook. Thy Will Be Done. I think it's important to remember that saints can come from very ordinary people. Terry Cook was a gentleman, a man of prodigious ability to work, an utterly dedicated Christian who loved and served people of all denominations and all ethnic groups. But the secret of his holiness was his motto, Thy will be done. I knew him for a number of years, and he never had any other goal in life but to do the will of God as best he could. Cardinal Cook died early in the morning. As I said to you, the city of New York was itself in grief. And people woke up that morning to see the headlines in the Daily News, then the largest newspaper in the world. And what was on the front page in bold letters were these words, Thy will be done. And New Yorkers looking at those headlines would know that Cardinal Cook had peacefully and obediently gone home to God because he knew his work was done. Almost the last thing he said was a little joke about himself, a little Irish humor, because he was completely at peace and accepting of God's will and grateful that God had found something for him to do, to be the Archbishop of New York in very difficult times. Get to know him. He'd make a good friend.